Welcome to What Has My Attention, and this is John Beethan. I first had Shannon Dalton Giordano from Serendipity Social Media on episode 21 titled Your Tone of Voice. This episode with her was recorded in August 2021, and it's titled Being Brave on Social Media. This, where Shannon gives humane tips on how to use social media to authentically interact and drive engagement on your social media channels. For this episode, when I asked her what she'd like to talk about, she said, let's talk a bit about visibility hangovers. She went on to say, I'm happy to share what I'm hearing most from clients, how to show up authentically, how to be brave, and how to not feel terrible if you don't receive good engagement, a.k.a. visibility hangover. This is a refreshing approach that I really appreciate and what makes Shannon a woman in strong leadership and who can show you how to create a social media strategy that works. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you, John. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, we got off the last call. um, Episode 21, Your Tone of Voice with Shannon Dalton Giordano from Serendipity Social Media. And uh, what a great conversation that was. And we, at the end of that conversation, talked about coming back to talk about some kind of research you were doing with visibility hangovers. <laughs> now, I think everybody knows what a hangover is, but what is a visibility hangover? That's that's a that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. And I have to say, it's, you know, it's probably really stolen from Brene Brown, who talks about vulnerability hangovers. But really Perfect. what I mean by it is... Um, you know, we put ourselves out there and we're, mm-hmm. we're afraid to put ourselves out there on social media, right? And we do. Yeah. And then you have this feeling of remorse. Like, did I share too much? Did I use the right words? Did I, is what I'm saying even meaningful enough? Is anybody going to like it? Do they like me? <laughs> I have that in podcasting. Yeah. It, it, was, along with the imposter syndrome, right? Exactly. And Brene talks about that too. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult to know. And and you really have to, and when I, you know, talk to clients, you really sometimes have to say to yourself, done is better than perfect. I just need to put something out there and see if it connects and not worry about every little tiny piece being absolutely perfect. Because if you do yeah. that, you'll never put anything out there. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what's going on with me. My, you know, Meg, I've introduced you to Meg, who does yeah. social media. It's like, you know, she's just been egging me on to do reels and stuff like that. So I started, I started looking at reels and I went, you know, it's like uh, people are just themselves on the reels. Yes. Yeah. And they don't even always pertain specifically to whatever their business is. It can just be yeah. something else. You know, I know this interior designer who does reels of um, she where she's roller skating in her dining room with her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so fun that, because it gives you a flavor of who she is. You get to know her a little bit. You get to know yeah. her personality, you know? Yeah. So what did you find out? So I think, you know, a lot of the people I've been talking with this summer, I say I've been on a listening tour, right? A lot of clients or people I've been working with say that their their biggest challenges are authenticity, figuring out how to show up in an authentic way and connect with people, how to have the conversation that you want to have online, and then how not to how not to feel that visibility hangover. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot to unwrap in all of that but I, th- I think it's okay to feel the visibility hangover. You just have to have some techniques to, to put in place. So you, you know, you obviously you put something out on social media that you care about. And then if you hear crickets, 
you don't go into a hole or the fetal position in your bedroom. You reach out to some friends in your real life and say, hey, I just put this thing on my Facebook page or my Instagram. Would you please go like it, comment on it for me? Just say something about it. And then the more people that do that for you, the more times the post goes back to the algorithm, the more chance you have to get in front of other people. So I think sometimes you just have to be a little bit brave in your offline world and call on people to say, hey, I need you. Yeah. So you said something at the top of that, which was um, authenticity. And I have to ask the question, what do you think stops people from being authentic? You know, I think uh, a lot of things. I, sometimes it's fear. Like what if what I bring to the table isn't really valuable? Um, sometimes it's people are so busy trying to give what they think people want versus what what's really inside of them. So I think it's really important to just think about what your own gifts are, what your own why is, your own mission, and then to share in that way, instead of think, trying to anticipate, what does someone want to hear from me? What is the mm -hmm. client I'm trying to reach want? Because sometimes you're not really sure what they want. You think you know, but it's not quite the thing. So you're better off just trying to show up in your own way. Mm -hmm. Plus, it gives people a sense of who you are, which builds trust. Exactly. And yet, yeah, people do, I think, sense when somebody's like trying to be like somebody else or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's face it, there are often a lot of people who do what we do. So the mm -hmm. people that are going to hire us are the ones that really relate to what we're sharing, even if it's something like roller skating in your dining room. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So part of what you were talking about earlier was just this whole notion of braving it, just being brave. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it pays back. I mean, the thing is that most of the time when you put something out there, the people who love you or like what you do or have worked with you in the past are going to like what you say. They're going to respond back and they're going to resonate with it. They're going to think, yeah, good point. Well said. Thank you for sharing that. I hadn't thought of it that way or, you know, it, and it can be anything. I think I put something out there today about how I'm addicted to wind chimes. I love wind chimes. Can't get mm -hmm. enough of them. I have them all over my backyard. Um, and a friend of mine posted that she hates wind chimes, that the noise sounds like fingernails on a chalkboard. But it was a funny <laughs> comment and it was a fun conversation to have. So you don't mm -hmm. have to be afraid of what people are going to say. Just, you know, just interact, just yeah. engage. Well, what I learned from last from you with episode 21 was that in social media, it's not enough to just like things yeah. in terms of the analytics. And so I've been commenting a lot, you know, you know, and I struggled in the beginning going, oh, gosh, what should I say? But and I just calmed down and just responded in terms of just, you know, what I thought in terms yeah. of adding adding to the conversation. I want to thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, I think that sometimes you have something really valuable to add as a comment. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't, but you want to support the person and you just want to say something like, thank you for sharing that, or what a great point, or you're right, I agree. You know, it can be really, um, you know, it doesn't have to be this deep sentiment because the thing that you're you're helping that person to get their post back through the algorithm again to be seen by more people. So it's always a good idea. Yeah. Somebody, um, Honoré Corder, I don't know if you know who she is, but she's a professional book coach and just wonderful. I haven't talked to her in a long time, but I consider her to be a good friend. So I'm on, you know, I follow her on Instagram and stuff. And yesterday she posted this picture of one of her dogs and it was obviously a, after a big run because the dog was smiling and their tongue was hanging out and they were happy. And I just, I wanted to comment. And I just, what came to me was I just commented, I like the look. 
Exactly. Exactly. Like or don't we all want to feel that happy on a daily basis? Or wouldn't we all like to <laughs> to feel that kind of joy? Or yeah, there's so many things you can say that add to the conversation and let the person that's posting know that she was heard. Yeah. So I, I actually want to address it a little bit deeper, actually, and say that for me, and I'd like to hear what you have to say about it. I have a tendency to just get quiet and wait to see what comes. Right. Instead of, instead of trying to be strategic, cute, or anything else. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that that's, that's authenticity right there. Right. Mm. That's, that's just, you know, bringing your authentic self to whether you're the commenter or you're the poster, whatever it is, you're, you're showing up, you're standing there, you know? Yeah. Since the last time we talked, you ran a workshop, right? Yeah, I've done a few a few different kinds of, of workshops. I've been looking at um, really thinking about strategy. So I think a lot of people um, e either struggle with what content should I be posting. Um, I struggle with it myself. You know, I'll find if I haven't laid out a, a content calendar for the next couple of weeks, I sit at my computer on a Monday morning and I think, what am I going to say today? <laughs> Yeah, but, but if I have it laid out in a content calendar that says, you know, today I'm going to share about authenticity. Tomorrow I'm going to share about bringing your offline conversations online. The next day I'm going to, you know, you just have these little buzzwords and I think that it helps. So I've been talking a lot with people who are working in workshops about having that strategy, that content calendar, and then understanding analytics, which I think people avoid. They hear analytics and they think, ugh, yuck terrible. And I'm not a data wonk, but I I do like to look at trends. It is kind of fun to see out of the last 10 things I shared, what hit the most? What what did people most engage with and why? You know, it's, and what did of, you come up with? You know, they, there can be a lot of reasons. So I have a little worksheet that I give out at workshops, some questions to ask yourself. You know, what time of day did you post it? What hashtags did you use? What was your visual? Were you in the mm -hmm. picture or was it a picture of something else? Because I think mm -hmm. stock photos don't do as well as when you're sharing on your own. Was it a video? So there's a lot of reasons for why. And then I think you have to build the story. It's a bit anecdotal and a bit, a bit data-driven. It's kind of a mix. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to play with as long as you're not trying to geek out on it, right? Yeah, I mean, you can't go down too deep into it because the thing is, if you look at it like, oh, there must be a formula that I have to crack, then you'll find the formula and you'll apply it a few more times and it won't work anymore. And then you'll have mm -hmm. to look for a new formula. So I really encourage people just to look at themes, look at, you know, mm. what, what do I think? Why do I think this worked a little bit, you know, better than other things? Yeah. Well, as you know, I'm really big and this is going to be actually a, a part of the series, uh, Women in Strong Leadership going to title this one with social media. And uh, I, I'm just really grateful for you just knowing you and knowing the level that you work at. And you're real and authentic and not not a hard hitter, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I really think that we're all in that same place. We're not, even when I'm coaching someone or I'm working with them, I always tell them I have exactly the same struggles. That's why I'm able to talk about this with you. I have visibility hangover sometimes and I have, or I sit at my computer and think, are those the right words? Is this impactful enough? Will people think I'm the smartest person in the room? Do I need them to think I'm the smartest person in the room? We all have those things that play in our heads, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's good to feel like we're all in the same boat. How much of a influence has Brene been on you, Brene Brown? You know, I, I've read a number of her books. I, I just, I like the way she talks. I, I resonate with her. I feel like she definitely um, is someone who is able to talk about vulnerability. And I think vulnerability is usually seen as such a bad thing or the word shame. You know, people mm -hmm. are always like, oh no, 
that's not shame. And I think we, we don't have to feel ashamed of the word shame. We all have that as an emotion at times. Mm-hmm. Um, she's much more of a researcher than I am. I definitely am. I, 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 like I feel my feelings and I feel the stuff that I want to do. And I know she goes deep on the data, but I, I enjoy reading her stuff. I get a lot out of it. Yeah, I think in the whole trying to do social media and stuff, we have this thing going on about wanting to be perfect. Mm. And Brene talks about perfect. And she said, you yeah. know, and, and one of her great models is, you know, uh, perfection if is like uh, driving in the car and in the passenger seat right there is shame. Mm. And shame's yep. navigating, navigating. So it's like, it's it's just, it's always right there with perfection. Yeah, and I I really think that um, there's a fallacy to feeling like I have to be perfect in order for people to either like me or hire me or want to work with me. I don't buy that at all. I think that that's exactly. I think it's exactly the opposite of that. I think people hire you, want to work with you, want to be with you because they see the things that you know you're able to share that maybe you're not as good at. But that doesn't mean that every time I throw myself out there, I feel really great. Sometimes I feel like, oh gosh, <laughs> yeah. What did I just yeah. do? Yeah. I'm going to take a left turn here and ask a question. Sure. How are the twins? Oh, they're great. They just turned 17 on Wednesday. I can't believe it. They're good. It, it was a tough year. You know, I mean, this COVID year was really hard. It was hard, you know, challenging, challenging school-wise, challenging socially not to have school mm-hmm. dances and parties and friendship and all the good stuff. It's your, your, constantly trying to move past that and just look at the good things that we got instead but it's it's not been an easy year but they are doing great they're gearing up one's gearing up for soccer the other for cross country and they're camp counselors this summer at a ymca camp nearby and oh that's fabulous yeah it's it's really good they come home so tired they just stare at the wall it's fantastic (laughs) yeah 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 well i'm kind of reminded you know gretchen um Smeltzer's, uh, you know, the podcast episode I just did with her. And I think the big takeaway for me was just understanding that she's not at all concerned about the younger children, Mm. you know, and there's this whole thing going on with school and younger kids and stuff and how damaging it is that they're not in school. But her biggest concern is with the teenagers. We're talking about your twins ages because at those ages, it's socialization and eventually college and all that. And it's a really, really, um, important part, you know? So, yeah, it is. I think, I think definitely this, you know, the COVID year has changed people um, in, in good ways and in bad ways. You know, we, we have to mm-hmm. kind of try to hold, hold on to the good stuff and let go of the rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I do like to ask the question and we've been talking about it. Um, you know, we had an idea what we we're going to talk about, but currently right now in the moment mm-hmm. when it comes to social media or anything else, what has your attention? You know, I love stories. I mean, good social media, people that that share on social media that get my attention have always been storytellers, but I feel like people are taking storytelling to the next level, whether it's on a reel or a story or a, a post. You know, two years ago, you would do a really short post and you would send people to your website to get more information. And Facebook, of course, got kind of smart to that and thought, I don't want people to leave Facebook. So, you know, they're really dinging you on engagement, but people are sharing these long, newsy, fun, storytelling kinds of posts. And I love that. I get sucked in. I just, (laughs) I go right down. I want to read everybody's story all the time. Well, you're a great storyteller. You know, I do subscribe to your, uh, blog or your, your newsletter? What what do you call it, actually? I don't remember. 
Yeah, newsletter, I guess. It's not it's just a yeah. little bit of a story usually. I try to I try to tell a story about what I'm seeing and what I'm uh, sort of like your podcast, you know, what has my attention and and try to bring it back in some way to social media, but sometimes I just share a story. Yeah, so it's a, you're a great storyteller, I have to say. Well, thank you. It's yeah, no, I subscribe to a lot of newsletters and uh when that one comes across in my inbox, I just stop and read it. <laughs> I do. That's great. Yeah, yeah, thank you. because yeah, mainly because it has value, you know, it has value, and I can always walk away and just. There's something special about storytelling mm. that, you know, I think I'm sure you understand the structure of it, you know, and I'm a big fan of Donald Miller's building a story brand, mm. you know, yes. uh, for sure. And but you have something special. I don't really know what it is. I'm don't expect to. I I, I don't really have the expertise of storytelling yet, but it's starting to form. But, uh, you know, at some point we might actually want to do an episode on that as well. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's almost like writing a song, I guess, or something like that. It sort of has to, the idea has to bubble up inside of you. And then I am just a believer in just writing. I just write, like, I don't worry about it. I don't out outline. I don't know exactly where I'm going to end when I start. I just start writing. And then, then you can kind of hone the story after that. But I think, um, and always trying to weave in something personal, something maybe a little funny, something that mm. people can relate to. Mm -hmm. Well, you do a great job. Well, thank you. What else? You know, I'm, I am addicted to um, self-help books this summer. So I have been reading this <laughs> book called The Lazy Genius. I don't know if you've heard of this book, no. but it's, it's the greatest. There's a podcast too, but um, it's the, the premise is that you, there are so many things we have to do in a given day, right? And that you should be lazy with the things that don't matter to you and genius at the things that you love. So even down to like, you know, taking care of your home or whatever, if you despise laundry and you love to cook, then, you know, do the best with laundry or get one of your kids to do it and pay them or, or you know, have somebody else do your laundry and then focus a lot of attention on cooking and sharing in that way. And I love that because I think that we all try to be great at everything and have a yeah. little of that shame when we're not. Like I'm always saying to people that I'm a terrible cook. And the truth of the matter is that I don't really like to cook. So my husband loves to cook. So early in our marriage, it was made sense. He cooked, I baked or I paid the bills or whatever else that I was good at. Um, but I have a little shame around not being good a good cook because I feel like what kind of mother doesn't want to feed everybody? Isn't that what I'm supposed to want to do? Make all these Ooh. big meals? <laughs> yeah. No. So I, I love the premise that you can be lazy with things that you don't value or that, that aren't as important to you, but be really good at the stuff that you love. Yeah. Well, my partnership with Stephanie, and I think I'll probably tell you my partner, Stephanie, she's in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I'm in Southern California. We are still separated after 20 months. Wow. And people that listen to my podcast probably get real tired of, hear, of me saying it, but I will tell you that after 18 months, I kind of ran the math because we talk twice a day. Like we mm -hmm. went for a walk together this morning, like we usually do. And That's then we'll right. talk talk for half an hour and an hour at the end of the night, you know, or at the end of the evening to see what's going on. And then Saturday night, it's date night. So it's like three hours or four hours on Zoom playing Uno and having a cocktail maybe, and even taking a break to have dinner and, or whatever. But we've had 2000 conversations is wow. what we, fi we figured out, which is probably, you know, most, uh, more than most and because it's intentional, you know? Yeah. So, in, in our relationship from the get-go, um, I always enjoyed cooking. 
but not so much when I didn't have somebody to cook for, mm, Yeah, you know, and now I've learned to cook for myself and really, really enjoy it. But it's crystal clear between us. Now, the thing is, is that she's like half Italian, half French. So once a year, she drags out her family recipe for spaghetti sauce. Yeah. That takes three days simmering. Oh, my gosh. That must be and amazing. It is. And, and it, uh, you know, I, I can't talk or I, I do know what's in it, but I don't want to talk about it because it's too simple. And I want to like leave the mystery, you know, in case that somebody's dining with us and we, you know, pull that trigger on the, on the Stephanie's amazing Italian, you know? So anyway, I enjoy cooking. I do most of the cooking. Uh, we enjoy like cleaning the house together. I know a lot of people pay for people to clean, but I enjoy it because there's a cleansing thing that goes on, you know? Mm. So we will like crank up some rock and roll and go for it. And what usually takes like three hours for two people to do it, get it done in an hour. So, right. you know, but, um, and then there's things she does really, really well that I don't really enjoy doing. Mm. And, uh, part, you know, part of it is actually just, uh, you know, she's an art therapist and, uh, yeah. So she's really good at that. And it's fun to, um, I, I, should say I didn't really enjoy it, um, that world. And then one day I realized that at some point I really wanted to learn to draw. Right. So I went to her when we were still in Santa Fe together and I said, would you teach me how to draw? And she goes, let me think about it. Two days later, she came back and, uh, and with a, with a poster and it said, um, art therapy workshop, six weeks. And I looked at her and she goes, I think we should do this together. And I go, great. I ask you if you would teach me how to draw. And the next thing you know, I'm in therapy with you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But that class went on every six weeks. We kept signing up. So we did it for a whole complete year and a half together. I so what that. I what I thought I wasn't going to enjoy because I was, you know, it turned into something really, really great. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how I think people should approach social media with a guide like Shannon, like you. you know? Yeah. I think you need to leave it, keep it as a bit of a long pole. I think people are always looking like for the quick fix. Right. And it really, yeah. There's a number of things that you kind of have to think about. So one of them is taking the time to really map out a content calendar and a strategy. Another is giving yourself creative space and time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you can't be brilliantly creative every day. Some days you're exhausted or some days you're doing a lot of client work. I, I fall prey to this myself. Like I couldn't sit for hours on end every day thinking about my own social media. I have to just get it done. But you have to create that space where if you're a morning person, carve out time block, two hours on your calendar in the morning. If you're yep. a night person, do it at midnight, you know, whatever, whatever works. And if you're not a detailed person, there's ways to do it. And if you're very detailed and you need to keep it, you know, at the detail level, you can do it that way too. So there's no sort of one size fits all, but you do have to make the space and it's not always easy to do. Actually, really in a back to Brene a little bit is uh, our team actually on Wednesday, we do a team call once a month and we went through facilitated actually by Stephanie because she's been trained in it. Uh, Brene's um, braving the seven elements of trust. Mm. 
don't know if you're familiar with that, but the first one letter starts with B as in boundaries. So, you know, understanding that, uh, you know, the first boundary to set is for yourself, not with others, maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and I've been working on this thing for a couple of weeks, actually. And it's just like, why can't I get this stuff done? Like the social media, like some of the things I need to be doing for my business. Imagine podcasting. And I realized I put other people first. Yeah. You know, and I just went, stop it. So as you know, I get up early this morning. It was four o'clock and I love it. People go, Ooh, and I go, no, you don't get it. It's a cup of coffee and a read and I ease into the day and I generally don't uh, touch email or anything else till nine o'clock. So I've got three, four five hours actually into my day taking care of what I need to take care of. I mean, you know, it's like I have to focus on doing the social media. I have to, you know, focus on writing and, uh, you know, doing the podcasting and all that stuff. So so that's what I've been doing, you know. Yeah. I think that's really important to know when your creative time is and to hold it back for yourself because we're all – I am very guilty of that, giving all my creative time away to clients instead, and then getting to the end of the week and thinking, I didn't do anything for myself. And that's not going to mm. help me mm-hmm. because clients come to me because they want and they want to see that I'm doing this for myself too. You know, that whole, you sure. have to put your oxygen mask on yourself first before you put it on your kids or something, right? So yeah, it, it's difficult. Y- yeah, you have to be really disciplined and those boundaries are important. And it's really easy to give away your time to someone else and then later on to feel a little disgruntled about it. The other, the other thing, uh, the other place to get um, when I was doing music a lot, because I have a music background, is is that, and I just, you know, I was really into it. I was studying classical guitar, and I really loved it. And somebody came up to me and said once, um, you know, who are you listening to? Who's your number one listen? And it just came out, me. So my question to you, besides following you, <laughs> is who else on social media do you really enjoy following? Oh, gosh, there's so many. And for what reason? Yeah. I mean, I think when I'm looking for sort of trade information, you know, wondering Mm -hmm. what's happening, I follow Social Media Examiner. Um, Amy Porterfield is another person that I follow. And I, I YouTube video things all the time. Like I'll, I'll check out if someone says to me, oh, I heard there's a new thing on Reels. Have you heard of this? And I think, nope. So I go right to YouTube and I, you know, just pull up all the videos I can on reels and I, I, you know, watch them so that I can be more knowledgeable about that stuff. And then I, I like to follow people that are just doing social media brilliantly, but that aren't necessarily in that field. And I have a number of people that I, I, I love in my own community. There's a, a women's collective called bird and bear bird and bear collective. And they're on Instagram. Um, they do a brilliant job with videos, with lives, with um, posts, with, you know, it's it's really fun. So I love to follow people in my own community that are doing creative things and are sharing them on social media in really cool ways. A year, year and a half ago, I, I found out about Gary V. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So a year and a half ago, when I first saw his stuff, I think it was probably on Facebook at that time, is I really was repulsed. Yeah. Just all the swearing and, you know, da, 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 da. And, and then in the last six months, it came across my plate again, actually via TikTok. Mm -hmm. And it just hit me so hard that he just like tells the truth, Mm. you know, that he's just like, he has insight into human behavior and everything else, you know, in my mind, he's kind of a, he's brave as Brene is brave. Mm Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's just like, you know, Brene talks about, you know, it's like, if you're not willing to play in the arena with me, I'm not interested in you. And, and I think that's really, really important. I think it's, an, it, it's getting more and more important for me as well that, yeah. you know, once I've established my values, you know, when it comes to social media or actually podcasting is that there's all these people out there that are talking about podcasting, in my opinion, kind of don't know what they're talking about or, you know, it's like I'm a huge proponent about keeping podcasting private mm. instead of having it at, um, enter so much of the ad space where I'm in, inundated with more, more stuff that I just yeah. don't want to see and more ads and more distraction and more all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, I think there are a lot of experts out there like Gary Vee and like, um, you know, you can pick and choose what you take from them too. You know what I mean? You can kind of follow, you follow people mm -hmm. for certain things. So you're not going to go to him for like the warm, fuzzy, hey, you're doing great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? no way. Huh? But then you have other people for that. And then um, I, I run in, you know, like sort of trends, I guess, too, where I'm addicted to something for a while and then I'm over it. I need to move on. I need to listen to something yeah. else. So yeah. Yeah, I do that too. I typically sign up for somebody's newsletter and I don't necessarily read them all. I don't read them all. I read yours, but I don't read them. I don't read them all, but they're there. And partially is because I want to understand or um, at some point their structure. So mm. I now I have them. So now I, now I can view their strategy and I'm doing that with Amy Porterfield for sure. Yeah. And I've take, taken a lot of her workshops, but, um, but at some point, it's just unsubscribed, but they're still sitting in folders in my email. So I can always go back and study it or take it in if I'm not ready or don't have the time. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's always new new things to consume, new content to consume. It can get a little overwhelming. So it's kind of good to just pick and choose what you're interested at that time. Yeah. Which plat social media platforms are you really enjoy spending time on or where do you spend most of your time and for what reason? You know, I mainly live on Facebook and Instagram, but mm -hmm. I have been doing a lot more in LinkedIn and really enjoying it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, LinkedIn is slowly becoming more like Facebook, but right now the algorithm is not so tight. So posts that you share on LinkedIn get better engagement. They go further. People, more people see them. It's a little bit still wild westy, you know, I mean, because LinkedIn's trying to figure out who they are. They used to be, it was just your resume online. It was very dry very third person. Yep. Now I feel like it's much more um, first person talking about things and, and people sharing more personal stories. Um, and I think it's kind of interesting. So I'm, I'm doing a lot more on LinkedIn than I have been for a while. So uh, Facebook groups? I love Facebook groups. I think Facebook groups are probably the, the best part of Facebook right now. And I think you just have to find the ones where your people are, the people that you really resonate with, you know, or, st or start your own and share some something that you're passionate about. I do want to wind it up, but I also want to give you the last word before we also uh, let people know how to get in touch with you. But uh, yeah, how would you like to end it? And what do you think we should title this particular episode after being involved in it? Gosh, I, I like the word brave. So being brave on social media, maybe, or, um, you know, I, I think the the bottom line or the thing that I want to talk about the most with people is that that nothing is perfect and that you can build really, really authentic relationships with people in an online space, but you have to treat them the same way you would if you were trying to build a relationship with someone in the real world, 
right? You have to be curious about them. You have to listen to them. You have to have questions about them. You have to share yourself authentically and not share who you think people want you to be. So I, I think that that's really what I'm passionate right now about, about you know showing up authentically, being brave, putting some things out there, trying some new things, and then having some techniques in place for that visibility hangover. When it comes, you know what to do. Mm -hmm. Great. How do you want people to get in touch with you? Uh, probably the best way is my website, serendipitysocialmedia.com. There's uh, all kinds of contact information all over that. It's connected to my calendar. Anyone that wants to book a consultation with me, a free consultation anytime, I'm happy to talk with them. Yeah. Yeah. It, you're wonderful to talk with. Yeah. I really appreciate you, Shannon, so much. Yeah. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure. It's a lot of fun. Until next time, just let everybody know you can actually follow this. We used to say subscribe, but Apple changed the word to follow because people are going subscribe. I don't want to pay for this. Mm, yeah. So you can follow what has my attention anywhere you get your podcast. That's for sure. So anyway, until next time, have a great weekend, Shannon. Thank you. You too, John. Okay.